Another week, another mind-numbingly bad performance by the offense. Let's talk some Chiefs, guys. Welcome to the Chief in the North podcast. I am your host, Minnesota Chiefs fan, or Seth Kaiser. It is great to have you here today. It's not necessarily a great week to be a Chiefs fan. Uh, in fact, it's second week in a row. I gotta say, it's kind of a crummy week to be a Chiefs fan. The Chiefs lost to the Bills. They lost in another game where they couldn't score. They couldn't move the ball. The defense looked pretty solid, but uh, you know, gave up 16 whole points, and I guess that was enough. Um, you know, at a certain point, you get to a place when you do what I do, where sometimes it becomes tough to to move forward because all you really want to do is forget games. And the last three games for the Chiefs have been like that. You really don't want to cover them. You really don't want to write more about them. You definitely don't want to watch the film, except if it's like to really pick out the few positive things like uh, Reggie Ragland's play, which we'll talk about. But, I mean, it's just tough. Sometimes covering a team, you just kind of just go, could you just play better so that way this could be a little more fun? Unfortunately, the Chiefs are not doing that. And so we're at where we're at. It's time to talk about the quarterback situation. I said last week on this podcast that if Alex came out and had another rough game, it was time to have a conversation. We're going to have that conversation. In fact, most of this podcast, I'm going to talk about why my position right now, if I were Andy Reid, I would bench Alex Smith and I'd start Patrick Mahomes. If I were Andy Reid, now again, I don't know everything Andy Reid knows. Maybe Mahomes is looking terrible in practice. Of course, we hear compliments from veterans like Travis Kelsey saying how good he looks. We heard how well he developed during the preseason. We saw firsthand how far his footwork came in just a few weeks during the course of preseason. We've had the offensive coordinator saying positive things about him, but whatever. I guess we could assume that he's terrible in practice or something to that effect, but I'm going to be spending most of this podcast talking about that because that is a question that's on everyone's mind right now. That's what everyone's thinking about. Uh, you know, everyone wants to think about Darrell Revis. I think he might be able to help. But right now, the offense looks pathetic, absolutely pathetic against a horrible Bills defense that had given up something resembling 3,000 points in the previous couple games or something like that. They couldn't move the ball. The defense forced punts on the first three drives for the Bills. Uh, and they just they couldn't do anything with it. Three and out, three and out, three and out. And eventually the defense finally showed a few cracks, but really not even all that many. Considering the situation they were put in, the defense should be extremely proud of the game they played. They were put in bad field position time after time after time. They held up. It was rough. So I'm going to be talking about Alex and Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to be talking specifically about the many arguments people use to try to say why Mahomes shouldn't start. And I'm going to talk about whether or not I think that they have any merit. Um, frankly, I don't think most of them do at this point with what's happened in this season. But first, I want to talk just a little bit about the game. Honestly, there's not that much to talk about. Uh, Travis Kelsey wasn't featured enough. Tyreek Hill wasn't featured enough. You didn't see them throw the ball down the field hardly at all. The Giants continue, or the Giants. See, it was, it was such a similar game, calling the same thing. The Bills continued the, lately what we've seen from teams, Keen and on Kareem Hunt. The offensive line struggled with run blocking. They looked better with pass blocking, in my opinion. Um, but with teams keen in on the run, you got to block perfectly. And the Chiefs just aren't in that place right now. Their, their timing looks a little bit off. It was ugly. The defense was kind of a bright spot. Now, to be fair, the Bills have not been playing well lately. 
um, whether it was Tyrod or Peterman, you know, you can't really blame them. That, that wasn't even their regular offense. What you saw with Peterman, that was just horrendous. Um, you know, they're, they, they've got an okay offense, nothing too special though, but the defense again, looked improved. They looked improved against the run. The bills can run the ball. We know that we know LaShawn McCoy's a good running back and chiefs look pretty solid against him. So that was encouraging. Um, and one guy I'm going to be writing a film review about this week is Reggie Ragland. Um, every week for the last few weeks, he's looked better and better as time has gone on. And especially this week, I know fans started really noticing him. He had at least three tackles for loss. He had a few stuffs at the line of scrimmage. Um, he wasn't perfect. He had a few plays where I think he overran his gap. Um, he's got to work on that. But overall, he looked really, really solid and a big part of the solution for the run defense. That's really encouraging and a real feather in Brett Veach's cap to get him for virtually nothing. Um, you know, when you become the, the general manager at the time, Veach became the general manager. There's really not a lot to do at that point. You know, you just kind of scour and do what you can. Well, the, the few moves that we've seen from Veach, I've liked so far. We'll see how Revis pays off. I love the structure of Revis's contract, a veteran minimum this year, nothing guaranteed next year. You know, you can talk about, well, it might be 10 million. That's only if Revis plays really well. Let's be real. Um, Revis basically wanted that as some kind of leverage if it does come down to a contract negotiation. And I think that makes sense. But I like that. I like what Veach has done so far. Um, you know, that said, as much as I like what Veach has done, it's time to alter expectations for this season. Uh, the Chiefs have now lost five of their last six games, including their last three games. They've looked bad the last three weeks, like legitimately bad you know and we we talked about this before you know pittsburgh owns them but you know oakland was kind of a freak game denver they did okay against now but now that we see how much denver's struggling how impressive is that really and then they played three legitimately bad games in a row it's been ugly 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 football by the chiefs particularly especially the last three games the offense which has repeatedly put the defense in bad situations with turnovers or field position it's been gross it's time to alter expectations for this team this is not a super bowl compete contending team this is a team i'm not sure i'll make the playoffs um the chargers continue to win they look scary they've got a really good defense they've got good corners they've got a great pass rush uh philip rivers might not be quite what he was his arm looks dead to me but he was never a guy who depended on his arm. So that jerk might do one more thing. Hey, you know, maybe in real life, he's not a jerk, by the way. But, you know, I'm a Chiefs fan, so it's kind of my job to call him things like that. And so, you know, Phil Rivers, I'm sorry if you're a nice guy in person. But anyway, that jerk, Phil Rivers, he's going to do one more thing to Chiefs fans by taking forever to age. I just know it. And so, you know, Keenan Allen's a great receiver. I, I think they, they've got a, a talented team. People slept on them early in the season because they lost in a bunch of weird ways like they usually do but they they're only a game back on the Chiefs now and honestly would you be confident if the Chargers came to Arrowhead tomorrow and played the Chiefs because I certainly would not be uh, with the way things have gone lately so I don't know if the Chiefs make the playoffs um, things are just they're just in a free fall right now losing five of six uh, the 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 five and oh start is a distant memory at this point the Chiefs have played bad football for longer this season than they've played good football at this point. You know, you can get past the point where it's like, oh, no, remember the 5-0 and start? Things things will be okay. They'll turn around. Well, no, they've been playing bad football for longer than they played good football. So it's time to alter expectations for this team. Um, now, can they right the ship? Well, I think, you know, maybe. 
you you'd never say never. I mean, the Chiefs, you know, they were literally one and five just a couple seasons ago, and they came back. They reeled off 11 straight wins. They looked incredibly impressive after losing Jamal Charles. They won their first playoff game in years. It was a great story. It was awesome. Um, so you can't say never because certain executional things can be solved. However, it's going to take something huge to get the team turned around at this point. And, you know, it does tend to start at quarterback. Alex Smith struggled again against the Bills. He was just as bad. And I haven't reviewed much of the All-22 yet, except it was available in the broadcast. I've gone back and watched some snaps, but nothing on All-22. But here's what I'll say. Upon first viewing and second viewing of some snaps, Alex looked bad again. And last week, you know, I tried to hold off a little bit until after seeing the Giants All-22 film. And turned out, yep, he was really bad. Dallas game, he was really bad. Um, he, he was decent against the Broncos and he was good against Oakland, but in the Pittsburgh game, he was really bad. So now we're, we're at a point to where four of Alex's last six games have been bad, genuinely bad. Don't talk to me about stats. Don't talk to me about this and that. I'm talking about the film. You can watch him. You can see him having happy feet. You can see him missing receivers. You can see his accuracy struggling. You can see him making basic mistakes that you hate to see. Um, he, in particular, he looks panicky behind the offensive line. He's taking extra steps in his drops. That's changing the angles for his, for his tackles. You know, you you can clearly see him set up for a seven step drop and then start to panic and take another two or three steps back, which ironically enough leads to you being under pressure, not protecting you from the pressure, even though you took a step back, um, you know, unlike last week against the giants, Alex didn't really make a any throws that I'm thinking of off the top of my head that were like, well, at least that's a real good throw. He just played poorly. He struggled. He missed some guys that were open, including on the field goal drive. He missed Travis Kelsey coming open deep on a throw that he really should have seen because the safety on Kelsey, the side of the field Kelsey was going to crept down to, to take on Wilson right after the snap and Alex has got to see that and he just didn't see it and said he threw it to Wilson Wilson was hit as the ball arrived yeah he should have caught it even if he had caught it I think he might have been a couple inches short of the first down but the point is you had Travis Kelsey very open for a big first down and maybe a touchdown depending on the ball placement and that's frustrating it's frustrating to watch and it's been frustrating to watch and so that's why we're here and that's why it's time for me to talk about what makes sense about starting Patrick Mahomes. That's where I'm at. Um, in part because of how poorly Alex has been playing, but also in part because of the reason defenses are having success against the Chiefs. You're seeing a lot of zone concepts. You're seeing a lot of stacking the box to a certain degree, as well as firing off very aggressively against the run. Now, part of that's the run blocking. That's got to improve. However, the run game is set up to fail at this point because teams don't respect the passing game. We are seeing a return to how things used to be with Alex, where Jamal Charles had to be a superhero in order to get any yards. We're seeing a return to the run game, what it looked like last year as Alex struggled down the stretch. I don't think it's any coincidence that the run game struggled when Alex had his worst season as a chief last year. Those things are symbiotic with one another. Yes, the run game could get going with better run blocking, but when defenses are keen on you and not only having maybe an extra guy close to the line of scrimmage, but just firing off the ball to defend the run and zeroing in on Hunt the minute they see any run block action, um, that you've got to be basically perfect to get things done. And the chiefs have been far from perfect. Uh, I will say, I wish I saw a little more creativity and a little more, some different sets 
in the in the in the running game. I wish I saw the the line doing a little more creative stuff in the running game. Um with regard to their blocking combinations, I think teams are zeroing in on exactly where Hunt is going, and that's a problem. Um, however, if teams had to respect the pass, it would be a bit of a different scenario, and right now Alex Smith isn't playing well enough to make them respect that. And so, you know, teams are they are not respecting deep and intermediate shots again. They're right back to where we were last year. Um, they're not respecting boundary throws and some zone buster throws that you might say. I've been using that term a lot, and I, it's not a, a term of art or anything like that. I specifically try to avoid terminology on this podcast and in my articles because it makes things inaccessible and because terminology is different everywhere, and I'm not that qualified to tell you what it is. Um, but these zone buster routes, I'm talking about the types of routes that take advantage of natural gaps and zones in the cover two or cover three, various different types of zones. There's different open places because you've only got 11 defenders they can only cover so much space and so some of the routes those are often require intermediate to deep shots at various parts of the field and timing throws that require throwing your receiver open and having confidence in them Um, Alex Smith isn't doing that and defenses are killing the Chiefs by daring him to do that and flooding shallow zones especially it's been ugly completely ugly well it just so happens and one another thing teams are doing to to beat the chiefs they're they're mixing up their reads pre-snap they're mixing up what their safeties are doing they're rolling them a lot right at the snap because they know that if they can confuse alex about the pre-snap read they can beat him um now obviously any quarterback if you confuse him pre-snap you've got a better shot however alex is uniquely dependent on his pre-snap reads from as far as i can tell so what the chiefs need to be able to do is challenge deep and intermediate portions of the field more they need someone who throws with more anticipation they need someone with better pocket presence because the line has not been particularly good although it hasn't been that bad lately alex is just playing spooked from what i'm seeing they need someone with better pocket presence, and they need someone who's better at post-snap reads, at seeing what the defense is giving him once the ball is snapped. It just so happens that all of those things happen to be strengths of Patrick Mahomes. I didn't write it up for it to go that way. That's just how it's gone. And so that's that's the argument among many other arguments that I would make that starting Patrick Mahomes at this point makes sense. The offense has been horrific lately, and he's basically the only change that you can make. Um, they've already, you know, people talk about the scheme, and we'll talk about Andy Reid in a little bit. But, you know, Andy has simplified things to try to make it easier on Alex, and it's not working because teams, they they know – Andy's simple stuff and they're teeing off on it. No matter how talented Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey are, they can't make those things work all the time. You cannot base an offense around wide receiver screens. You just can't do it. Um, and with Alex playing poorly on <laughs> a lot of other stuff, it's, it's gotten tough for the entire offense to move. So, In short, Patrick Mahomes does well the things in particular it seems like the Chiefs need to do to succeed, and that's why I would switch to him. They need a shot in the arm. Alex is playing poorly. It's time. It's time, in my opinion. And so we're going to take a quick break, and then coming up, I want to address a lot of the reasons I hear people give for why Patrick Mahomes shouldn't start and why I kind of disagree with them. And while doing so, obviously, I'll end up giving more reasons why I think Mahomes, it's time to switch over to Mahomes. So you better buckle up because there's a lot of them. And we're going to get into them right after this. And yeah, should be horrifying and fun at the same time. All right, we're back. We're dealing with some common objections to Patrick Mahomes starting. 
Um, there are a lot of them, and some of them I think have more merit than others. Uh, none of them I think are enough to convince me that it's not the right thing to do at this point. It's kind of funny being this guy right now because, you know, I've been arguing about Alex Smith for so long. And, you know, people wanted Nick Foles to replace him. I was like, ah, I don't really think that's a good idea. People want Chase Daniel to replace him. Like, ah, I don't think that's really a good idea. You know, I've been arguing for Alex for so long that it's kind of weird to be the one saying, yeah, I think it's time. Um, but you know what? It is what it is. And so, you know, we'll just deal with some of the arguments we hear commonly. The first one that I hear is, you know, starting a rookie is a bad idea. And what I hear people uh, talk about is, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And I hear people talk about Nathan Peterman. You know, we don't want to have what happened to Peterman happen to Mahomes. And, well, you know, if you're going to do it right, you, you want to sit a guy for a few years so he can learn the game, just like Aaron Rodgers. I guess I don't understand, and I apologize if this is the view that you have. I really do for what I'm about to say because it sounds bad. I don't understand how anyone could look at the current NFL and believe that rookies are doomed to failure or that starting as a rookie hurts you. I, I just, that blows my mind. And here's why. The number of guys who have started as rookies who are doing just fine in the NFL. I mean, if, if you just want to go off the top of your head, which is what I did when I wrote an article on this for Arrowhead Pride, I, I, I wrote, I mean, you look at, say, just, you know, this year you had Deshaun Watson come in and play extremely well, if you look at guys recently, Carson Wentz, you've got Dak Prescott, you've got Russell Wilson, you've got Derek Carr, you got Mariota, you got Stafford, you got Big Ben, you got Matt Ryan, you got Cam Newton, you got Peyton Manning. You've got, I mean, if you look at, you know, because, and that's funny because people talk about Aaron Rodgers and he's one of the greatest of all time, I think. And they're like, well, he shows the right way to do it. Well, Peyton Manning started as a rookie. Not only did he start as a rookie, but he had a horrible rookie season. You know that thing that everyone says will break a rookie quarterback? Having a horrible rookie season and having no talent around you? He went on to be one of the greatest that ever played the game. If you look throughout NFL history, yes, there are examples of guys starting out as rookies and being busts, but there are a ton of examples the other way too. And so what's that, what's that tell me? It tells me it has everything to do with the player, not whether or not they started as a rookie. I would postulate that the vast majority of guys, if not every one of them who started as a rookie and flamed out would have flamed out either way. It's about the player, not whether or not they start as a rookie. And again, all you got to do is just look at the success that guys have had because you can really go back and dig through the last 20, 30 years. You really don't need to sit a guy. You just don't. Plenty of guys have started as rookies and gone on to have fantastic Hall of Fame careers or Pro Bowl careers and all that stuff. As far as the Peterman concern goes, um, for one Mahomes will be in a much friendlier system than Peterman was in for two. Mahomes is a much better quarterback than Peterman, at least if you base it on what they did in college. And so I guess people always look to the one example. He's like, what about Peterman? Okay, what about Deshaun Watson? Uh, you know, if we're going to only, we, we got to look at both sides of the argument here. And then it comes down to what do you think of Patrick Mahomes? What do you think of Andy Reid's system? We currently are seeing Andy Reid kind of simplify the system to try to help Alex succeed. If you don't think he can do that for Mahomes, I don't know what to tell you. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. But we'll tackle the scheme issue here in a second. Another thing that I keep hearing people say is that it'll ruin them. Now, we just covered that with regards to previous quarterbacks. Um, this idea that they'll just get ruined if they start too early. It's just not true. 
yeah, you've got guys who played badly after being rookies, but there's really no evidence that that's what it was that ruined him. The only one I think might be exception to that is David Carr. And this line is not remotely as bad as David Carr. The coaching's way better and the weapons are way better than what David Carr had. That was a historically bad offensive line, like historically. He was getting sacked like every you know, three dropbacks. It wasn't that often, but it was a lot. He didn't even have a chance. Now, there's also no proof that he would have gone on to be a good player, even if he didn't. You're confusing correlation and causation there. And so this idea that it'll just ruin Mahomes, I don't think it'll ruin Mahomes. I think you got to look at the particular player. Here's what we know about Patrick Mahomes. He played for a bad team in college for several years, a team that had a horrendous defense that was giving up. It was something like 44 points per game his final year there, which means that every game he knew they had to put up at least 45 points to even have a shot at winning. I mean, they, he had a game where he threw for over 700 yards and they lost. That's the type of situation he was in, and that didn't break him. He was, go back and watch his tape in 2015, and again, I've talked about this in the article I wrote on him and Alex Smith. Go back and watch the tape of his 2000, well, not the tape, because the All-22 is not available, but but his game against LSU in 2015. LSU had 10 future pro professional players on that team. Mahomes had virtually none. On his side, it was one of the most lopsided contests I've ever seen talent wise. And Mahomes, despite being under pressure constantly the whole game, he dragged that team into into at least competing until Fournette ran for like, you know, 700 yards on that defense. It was it was an incredible performance. And you know what? Getting hit that game and getting hassled that game, getting bothered that game. It didn't break Mahomes. Mahomes spent, if you watch any of his 2016 film, his offensive line protection was horrendous. And people always say, well, that was college, not the pros. He was under pressure faster than he would be as a chief. He would have more time in the pocket as a chief than he did in college. That didn't break him. He had rough, he had really rough protection in 2015 and 2016, and he was better in 2016. Bad protection didn't break him. Bad defense didn't break him. Losing games didn't break him. What we've seen repeatedly from Patrick Mahomes is that he won't get broken by a tough situation. In fact, he often played some of his best football in those situations. You got to look at the individual player. That argument doesn't make sense for anyone that followed Mahomes in college. It's just kind of something to say without really looking at the number of guys that have come in in tough situations and managed to do well for themselves. Um, the Another argument that you hear from people is that he doesn't get the offense or that maybe he'll have chemistry issues. He hasn't had a lot of reps with them. You know, I think that's a fairly legitimate concern. I think it's better than some other things that people have to say. Um, you know, obviously not getting a lot of first team reps is hardly ideal. Uh, you, you want your guy to get as many reps as possible to build chemistry. I get that. At the same time, if you look at the offense as it is currently operating, does it look like an offense with chemistry? Because I don't think it does. I mean, that's one of the things Alex Smith is getting criticized for. And so, I mean, so what, you're afraid there will be more of a lack in chemistry? I guess that I could see that. But if you're already struggling with something, this idea of throwing in a new guy is a bad idea. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, yes, it could always get worse for sure. But unless you think Mahomes is Tyler Palco, I don't know how much worse it could get. We're already seeing chemistry issues with regards to him not understanding the offense and not being, well, Andy Reid's playbook is 9,000 pages long. Andy Reid made Mahomes the backup. When you were the backup, what, and he, remember, he made him the backup over a guy who'd been here for years, right? 
When you are the backup, that means that if the quarter, if the starter gets hurt, you're going to play the game. Would Andy Reid make Mahomes the backup if he thought he was incapable of running his offense or some scaled down version of his offense? Absolutely not. So the fact is, Andy Reid, even back in week one, believed that Patrick Mahomes could, if it came down to it, run his offense or whatever version of it that he would run under Mahomes. And so this idea that he's got no ability to do it whatsoever, it doesn't match up with the decisions that Andy Reid himself has made. And Andy Reid is in a better position than we are to judge that kind of thing. Um, now you can come back with that reasoning. Well, he hasn't decided to, decided to start Mahomes, so what does that tell you? I don't know what that tells me, to be honest. Andy Reid has always had a lot more confidence in Alex Smith than I have. But what I do know is that it is impossible for a a coach to choose a quarterback to be his backup that he doesn't think can run the offense at all. So for me, that's kind of a non-starter. Chemistry is an issue, sure. However, again, when you've got a team that's underperforming like the Chiefs, I don't really know what to tell you. I mean, when, when the chemistry issues are already there, well, maybe a shot in the arm is what you need. Another argument that I hear against starting Mahomes, and again, as you can tell, I don't really think much of these ones. I just don't. The chemistry one, I think, has some merit, but I think it's ignoring how poorly the offense is already playing. Um, but the rest of them, I, honestly, I'm not seeing any real merit in them. Um, another argument here is that, well, the Chiefs, you know, they're still division leaders. They're going to go on a playoff run. If you start the rookie, you're throwing everything away. The Chiefs have averaged 12 points a game the last three games. They are currently throwing it away. They're currently losing game after game after game to subpar competition. So what are you really risking here? You know, to me, that that's that's akin to, you know, if, if a ship is already sinking and there's, you know, some possible way to try to make the thing float again, but it carries a risk of the ship sinking and someone saying, don't do it. The ship might sink. I guess my answer would be the ship's already sinking, bro. I mean, what's it going to sink more? I guess I don't know. But currently, the offense is playing at with the scoring output of the worst offense in the league. Okay, what? You're going to be worse than worst? Again, unless you think Mahomes is Tyler Palco, there's no reason to believe that it's going to somehow be even worse with him when it's already performing at such a poor level. And so you're not throwing away the season. You're trying to save it. You're saying, man, Alex, because again, this isn't just, you know, bad Alex play from 2016. He has been terrible. He has been bad, completely bad, as in holding the team back bad. And that's unusual for Alex. I hate saying that about him because I, I think he's a decent guy. I, I personally do think he's a decent quarterback. I don't know what's gotten into him, but he looks shook out there. He doesn't look like himself. He doesn't look like we've seen previously, not even just at the beginning of this year when he was playing at an elite level. But even what we've seen in 2013, 2014, 2015, we've seen him play solid football. It's just bad football consistently lately. And so this idea that throwing Mahomes in would ruin this playoff run, I guess to me, it's like, have you been paying attention? The offense has lost them multiple games now. And if you can even get an average output, and I think Andy Reid has shown he can get average output from mediocre quarterbacks, unless you think Patrick Mahomes is Tyler Palco or he's legitimately terrible, then that argument does not hold any water. Um, we've got a couple more before we'll need to take a break here. Um, what I've had people say, well, it won't fix the run game or the offensive line. Um, I would argue that Alex's pocket presence is making the offensive line look worse than it is. 
on pass protection downs. Um, I would argue that his hesitation is making the offensive line look worse than it actually is. Are there issues there that need to be fixed? Sure. If you go back and you watch the Giants tape, the pass pro was actually pretty good the most of the time. Um, it's ba- being made to look worse by a quarterback that's hesitating and a quarterback that isn't getting the ball out and the quarterback that's bailing on clean pockets and running right into pressure. Or he's taking sets, he's taking dropbacks that are in weird spots that are forcing his linemen to protect places that they don't seem to think they should be protecting. Those are That's bad news. With regards to the run game, I agree. Um, the run game needs work for sure. But ask yourself, what would the run game look like if teams started to respect the deep and intermediate throws the way they were earlier in the year. Right now, Alex isn't doing anything to make them respect it. That might give the running game just a bit of breathing room to get going again, because right now, in my opinion, when you watch, they need to be perfect in order to get Hunt space because of the way defenses are playing them. And currently, they're a long ways from perfect in that aspect. And so I guess, no, it won't f- completely fix the running game. However, part of the, the the issues that plague the running game are the passing game. And, you know, I guess that brings us to another common scapegoat that certain people have for the offense. It's Andy Reid's system. It's an antiquated system. Uh, he's been running the same system for 19 years. Uh, defenses have caught on. He He's out of touch. Um, you know, he's running too many screens, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I would just urge you if that, if that's where you're at, if you're capable of it, you know, if you've got, if you've purchased it or whatever, go back on game pass and watch the all 22 from the last three games where Alex has looked so poor and look for open receivers. And I don't just mean open receivers like after the throw. Okay. Cause that, that's not really open. That's just the defense reacting. I'm talking about guys actually running open in zones where Alex should be seeing them because it is happening. Um, play designs are working. Execution is killing them. And you'll see that game after game. I imagine I'm going to see more of that in the Bills game. Again, if, you know the, the snap I talked about where the Chiefs had to settle for a field goal instead of a touchdown when Alex missed Kelsey coming open, that's a basic execution issue. That is not the problem. And anyone who thinks that Andy Reid's system is really the entire issue, I don't think Andy Reid has been perfect. He's dialed up some things that are mystifying to me. Again, I wish we had more variety in the run game. But overall, especially in the pass game, his system appears to be working. He's getting let down by execution issues, particularly by the quarterback. And 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 again, you know, <laughs> I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you're not willing to take my word for it, but don't take my word for it. Go look at the film. Look at what the route com- combinations are doing. Look what Alex Smith's pocket presence is doing. It's not an ex- it's not a it's not a play call issue. You know, people are like, oh, Andy Reid can't figure out zones. It's like watch the the routes that are getting called. They are specifically designed to bust up zones. That's why I call them zone busters. I mean, these things are happening. They just aren't cashing in. They're not taking advantage. So. You know, those those are some of the issues. I've got a few more that I'd like to cover. I'm going to take a quick break. But, you know, like I said, we've already talked about, you know, this idea of, of you know, you can't do it with rookies, the idea that it'll ruin them, the idea he doesn't get the offense, the idea it'll ruin a playoff run or won't fix the run game of the offensive line or it's Andy Reid's system's pump. None of those arguments add up if you really take a couple minutes to examine them. They just don't make sense because, again, if it were a systemic problem, receivers wouldn't be getting open. That would be the problem. You'd see covered guys. That's not what's happening, though. You're seeing execution failures by the quarterback. And so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to cover a few more. 
and then we're going to cover what I think is perhaps the only really convincing argument for why Mahomes shouldn't start. And then we'll take a few mailbag questions and we'll all try to never, ever, ever think about this game again. So we'll get all, we'll get to all that stuff right after this. All right. We're still talking Mahomes. We're talking about common arguments that people have why he shouldn't start now, despite the free fall that the chiefs are in. Um, we've covered a ton already. I'm going to just going to cover a few more, um, one, this is you know this is a decent argument. The, the the team has turned around before. The Chiefs have turned around before. They were one and five. They came back. They had. You know, I talked about this earlier. They they won eleven straight games. They won the first playoff game in thirty years. It was great. We all celebrated. And so this idea is, well, why mix it up when you know this is a group that has the mental fortitude to bounce back? I guess I would just say that's a group that had Eric Berry for starters, and also. Alex Smith played some pretty good football to get him there. Some really good football in a lot of games. And currently, Alex Smith is playing like complete crap. That's a problem. Um, it's kind of you're, you're hoping for a hypothetical thing. You're kind of hoping to catch, I guess the expression is to catch lightning in a bottle. You're hoping like this miracle happens twice. Maybe lightning in a bottle is the wrong expression. Maybe it's lightning to strike twice in the same place. But you're expecting a borderline miracle turnaround without making significant changes of personnel. And that's just not going to happen. Odds are. Now, it's happened before, but there were certain things that went down that season that just seems really unlikely for that to happen this season. And Alex Smith turning his play around is looking less and less likely. And that's really what happened that year in in, in addition to a few other things. But Alex really started play, playing a lot better, and that affected the whole team. Well, are you going to count on that happening again just kind of magically? I just don't see it. And so, yes, the team's turned around before. But they've also, you know, faltered down the stretch, too. And so, you know, you've got historical precedent for both with with Andy Reid's Chiefs. So, you know, what are you really going to hope that one happens? I guess I'm just not seeing that as a real argument. It's just more of a, hey, it could happen. Uh, Another thing that I've heard people say could ruin Alex Smith's trade value. um, That actually was pretty common. I was surprised at how common that is. Because to be honest, guys, he's killing his trade value all on his own right now. Honestly, I mean, benching him, I don't think hurts his trade value any more than the way he's currently playing. If Alex keeps playing even just a few more games like this, even if he closes out the season strong, it'll be more than enough bad tape for teams to say, Ooh, I don't know about all that. Um, do you maybe end up in a situation where you got to release him instead of trade him? Maybe, yeah. But that, to me, isn't an argument against benching him. It's it's just not because it ignores the way he's currently playing. And I think a lot of the arguments against starting Mahomes and benching Alex don't really closely examine how badly Alex has been playing lately. He's hurting his own trade value right now. And so I just don't see that. Um, I even had, I've had some people say to me, Oh, you don't want Mahomes to get hurt. Look, the chiefs are in the playoff hunt. Anyone can get hurt at any time. That's a non-issue. It's just, unless you think there's literally no chance, let's say Mahomes comes in and plays and he plays at the same level Deshaun Watson played. And personally, you know, I, I don't know if you remember this. It was mostly on Arrowhead Pride that my because it was before the podcast started. But I talked about Mahomes was my number one quarterback and Watson was my one A. What if he's better than Watson? What if it's even not by that much? But what if he comes in and he plays just as well as Deshaun Watson played? That could propel the Chiefs to a serious playoff run. 
It could, since we're dealing in hypotheticals, right? And so being worried that a guy's going to get injured, I mean, he could get injured next year too. He could get hit by a bus. I mean, the, these are these are hypothetical situations that you just can't really deal with. And if you're going to deal with that situation, well, you got to deal with, oh, well, what if he comes in and he's the best rookie since insert whatever rookie you want to insert? And so I, I just don't see that. Again, it's it's a hypothetical. It's 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 not a real reason. It's just, well, this could happen. Well, yeah, lots of things could happen. You know, the Chiefs could win the Super Bowl too. So if you're going to deal with one, you got to deal with the other. Um, there's one and only one, in my opinion, reason that Patrick Mahomes shouldn't start. And that's if Andy Reid legitimately believes that he's just not ready. Now, here's my deal. If Andy Reid believes he's not ready, I don't know why he made him the backup. That makes no sense to me unless it's a political move of some sort, which doesn't make sense to me that Andy Reid would do that because he just signed an extension. He knows he's got clout with the owner. He won whatever maybe potential little power struggle went on with John Dorsey there, if that is indeed what happened. Um, you know, he he's in absolutely no danger of losing his job. He could have put Mahomes on the IR list this year, and he would not have lost his job. Nothing, not even close. It wouldn't have even been a question. And so this idea that Reed needed to make him the backup, I completely disagree. And so I don't see why he would make a backup out of a guy he thinks is completely not ready to play. But he might feel that way. He might feel, you know, legitimately, I still think Alex is better than Patrick. If that's if that's the case, if that's the way he feels, then yeah, you uh you 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 keep Mahomes, you keep Mahomes on the bench. You let Alex try to slog through. That's just what you do in that situation. But that's the only reason for me that it's acceptable. Um, I'm really curious to see what Andy Reid will do because the pressure is on now. The pressure is on, and so when you go through it and you look at the reasons people give, and you know, I asked you guys on Twitter to give me some too. I'm not seeing a single persuasive one. None of them take into account just how poorly Alex has been playing. Again, the offense is played like the worst offense in the league over the course of the last three weeks. Are we really worried that it's going to get worse than that? Based on what I saw in preseason, based on everything I saw about how quickly Mahomes progressed even during that short time, and everything I've heard about him since, I don't think the offense would be worse. You know, oh, and the final, you know, people talk about, you know, with Mahomes' gunslinger mentality, oh, it'll lead to more turnovers. Well, Alex has thrown four picks in the last three games, two of which were picks that ended any chance at a comeback. So what what are we worried about? That Mahomes will do it in literally every game instead of just two out of three? Because I'm just not seeing it, guys. And so, you know, if you're going to talk about interceptions, Alex isn't even really doing that favor for himself at this point. So we've dealt with that. Those are the reasons that I think it doesn't make sense to continue starting Alex. I think it makes sense to start the new era. I think it makes sense to bench a guy who's playing very poorly. I think Alex has done a lot for the franchise, and I have enjoyed reviewing his film. I really have. I think he's a decent quarterback and a decent person, and I really hope he catches on and just goes on fire somewhere else. But I, right now he's playing poorly and he's hurting the team and you can see him getting visibly frustrated out there. You can see the difference in him out there and you can see like guys like Travis Kelsey getting frustrated too. And so I think it's time, you know, your worst case scenario, Mahomes comes in, he's okay, but not great. One of his worst case is that he's absolutely terrible. Right. 
Um, even if that's the case, you give him time to get catch up to the game speed. The Chiefs aren't competing for anything at the rate they're going right now. And so you get him some valuable, valuable, valuable reps heading into 2018. There's no better way to learn than to be on the field. And when you've established a guy like Mahomes is very unlikely to get busted, well, fair enough. Give him some reps. Get him out there. Get him used to game speed. Let him throw a couple of stupid picks and realize just how fast these guys recover. Let him see what what, what pro defenses do to try to mix up coverages. Let him see those things so you can hit the ground running in 2018 and just go nuts. Because I really do think that Mahomes has potential to be a fantastic quarterback, and this would give him his best shot at long-term success in my opinion, and make that success come even more quickly. So that, in summation, is why I would put in Patrick Mahomes. I, I have joined the crowd, as it were. If I'm Andy Reid, that's what I'm doing to try to jumpstart the offense. setting a, Sending Mahomes in and then running a different type of game plan and just seeing what happens against the Jets. I think that would be a great way to get a win. I think it would be a great way to develop Mahomes. And I think it would be a great way to just start off the new era for the Chiefs. I think it would also give them their best chance to compete in 2017, depending on how well Mahomes plays. Because you cannot rule out, in my opinion him playing at a level or above the level of Deshaun Watson and really helping this team do something. So with all that said, we've only got time for a few mailbag questions. Let's take them on. Um, um, one question that uh, the Taylor Dignite, yeah, sorry if I'm butchering your name there, brother. He said he, he's worried. He sent two, two, two questions. Um, he's basically asking with Alex's level of respect in the locker room, he's worried that him being benched will cause players to to get mad and to, or to give up or to just be frustrated because of the level of respect. I would just say I'm not too worried about it. Um, players respect winning. Um, that that's what that's what players respect. And if Mahomes plays well. It's not going to matter. Um, he's had a little time to develop a, a you know, kind of repartee with the guys. Travis Kelsey said some solid things about him. Travis is a vocal member of the team. If Kelsey gets behind him, they'll be fine. They really will. And then it'll all depend on how he plays. And I think he's a guy who can handle that. Um, this is a non-football one, but I thought I'd take it on just for like a quick break. Uh, Dylan Brunschittle, again, if I butcher your name, I'm sorry. Um, I've known Dylan for a long time. Good guy. What's your favorite spoiler-free moment from the season of The Punisher? Look, if you haven't watched The Punisher, it is a brutal show. You need to make sure the kids are in bed. Maybe you need to think about how willing you are to watch violence. Maybe hear some language. It is incredibly well done, though. And I would say my very favorite moment from The Punisher comes in the very first episode. And the way they use Tom Waits in the first big fight scene. That's all I'm going to give it to you. But it was just one of the most spectacular blends of a scene and a song. I was just, I was blown away. And I'm not normally a guy who notices crap like that. Um, so there's, there's our first non-football mailbag tweet in the podcast. Um, I've had a bunch of people ask me about Ragland. I talked about him a little bit. I'm excited to write about him this week. He looks like uh, he could very, very much help the team moving forward, not just this year, but in future years. And so scrolling down here, trying to look at a few that aren't about Mahomes or Alex Smith, because 
I covered it. Oh, this is a pretty good one. Uh, Josh Leonard asks, if we make the switch, what are the expectations? Still make playoffs or purely about development? For me, it's still a playoff push. This team, for some of the holes that it has, they've still got a little bit of a lead, and they're still very talented. they still got more than enough talent and good enough coaching to make a push for the playoffs. They're in the driver's seat still. And I think all they need is decent quarterback play to make the playoffs. They've done it before. Not even decent, just average quarterback play wins them today's game, or I guess yesterday's game. If you'll be listening to this on Monday, maybe it, it, it wins the game against the bills. It wins the game against the giants. It definitely wins the game against the Steelers and maybe wins the game against the Cowboys. I mean, you're talking four of the five losses there. Average quarterback play. Decent quarterback play. I mean, maybe just a tiny step above average. And so I think it's definitely still make the playoffs and go for it because one thing Patrick Mahomes can give you is big plays. Big plays equal points, even if you have some other stuff go downhill. Um, Ryan Dumas, Dumas, I don't know, uh, asks, how much scheme change would you think is necessary to adjust to Mahomes' abilities? I think it's hardly anything. Honestly, when you see what they're doing this year, they are doing a lot of spread offense. They are they are doing a lot of uh, read pass stuff. There were some brilliant articles written earlier this year about how the Andy Reid essentially created a new offensive scheme out of college spread concepts. And so, you know, I, I don't think they would have to change all that much. I think Reed would probably give the quarterback less responsibility at the line of scrimmage, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Let Mahomes do what he does best. Call the play out in advance and then let him make, you know, some site adjustments if there's something really obvious there, but then just make his post-snap reads. That's what I would love to see them do. Um, we've covered the run game as I'm looking through these tweets here. And you know, I know you could be asking, well, you know, Hey Seth, why aren't you, uh, why, why aren't you reading these beforehand? Well, cause it takes too long guys. And so I'm just, I'm scrolling through right now to try to find, um, to try to find some, some, some ones that I can use. I've got ones from Travis Hudson says, can you pretty please spend a small chunk on strictly 2018 and beyond? I need something to get the bad taste out. Chiefs are one of the one youngest teams in the league. They've got multiple stars under 25. They got multiple stars still with multiple years left on their contracts. They are well situated to compete moving forward. I would not worry about 2018 and beyond. What they need to do right now is solve the biggest problem they have currently. That is quarterback play. Um, so, I mean, they fix that. That is going to help with all kinds of things. And so, um, Looking down here, I've got just a few more. How much time do we have here? I really want to get to as many of these as possible. Um, I, I've, I've had a few of you actually reply just to tell me that uh, uh, benching Alex shouldn't be even be on the table. I very respectfully disagree. Um, one thing I'll say, uh, Vault Gaming YT asked me, lost five out of the last six games. Do you think Reed is on the hot seat? I absolutely do not. Absolutely not. He just got an extension. And that's, you know, that I don't think it's even close. I just don't. Uh, Ryan Crawford asked, uh, why is Andy Reid so opposed to making a QB switch when it's obvious that Smith has been a big part of the problem lately? I think Andy is a little, I, I, I think he's loyal to a fault sometimes. I think he trusts his system. And I think he's seen enough, um, I think he's seen enough of good Alex to where he trusts him to come back. I think he respects Alex. I think he respects him as a person. I think he respects him as a player. And so, you know, I, I think that's his big reasoning. He knows that he can do it. And so he's hoping that knowing will turn into 
will. Um, Greg Hedrick asked, would it be a different offense with consistent downfield play? He says some other stuff out that, but that's the, the blunt question there. Yes, I absolutely do. Like I talked about earlier, the, uh, the, the the offense would have more options if they were opening up stuff downfield. We saw it earlier in the season. If you want to know what Andy Reid's offense could look like at its peak, watch the stuff from earlier in the season because they were shredding some good defenses at that point. Mike Thomas asks, was the 2-14 and 14 season more painful to watch or this? Um, the 2-14 and 14 season, we expected them to be good too. I mean, we didn't expect them to be Super Bowl caliber, but you know that, that was just horrible throughout the entire season. This was more fun because at least we've seen some really good football. In two and fourteen, no, we absolutely did not see that. Um, so, I you know, then I had a bunch more questions, honestly, about uh, about Andy and whether or not his job is in jeopardy. And again, I got to tell you guys, I don't think it's even close. I really don't. Like I said, if you just watch, if you watch the film, um, you don't, you're not seeing scheme failing you're seeing execution failing um i had a few people and uh most of them i'm going to be honest with you i think are our 49ers fans who kind of followed uh alex to kansas city um asking me about comparing mahomes to cap i guess i think if you watch colin kaepernick play then you watch patrick mahomes play i'm not sure why you make that comparison stylistically they're just very different quarterbacks and honestly i think it's absurd I apologize if that's your opinion and you think, and I'm being rude, but if you just watch the two of them play, it's just so different that it, to me, it seems like a desperate stretch to try to make it seem like a bad idea to bench Smith. And with that, I think that's as far as we can go with the mailbag questions. I'm sorry if I missed yours. Um, maybe next time I'll start from the bottom and scroll up instead of starting from the top and scrolling down. I really appreciate your guys's participation in that. Um, it, it gives me an opportunity to interact and I really like it. Cause I don't always get a chance to interact with you guys on Twitter or if I do maybe cause I'm replying to, you know, a zillion people at once, I maybe come across Kurt or something. I had someone accuse me of basically being rude and I felt terrible about it. Well, I eventually had to mute the guy, but that's a whole nother conversation there. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Please remember to, uh, you know, subscribe, rate, review, do all those podcasty things that helps make this kind of a part of your weekly routine. The more of you listen, the more of you download, the more of you rate and review and subscribe, the longer I'll be able to keep this up. And I've really enjoyed it, you guys. It's made this season more enjoyable, and it's given me a chance to get to know some of you guys better. Um, I, I, I hope moving forward we see Andy Reid move on from Alex. I don't think we will. But I've, I've tried to give you in this, this brief time the best synopsis for the reasons why I think that's the appropriate move at this point, given the free fall the Chiefs are currently in. Uh, hopefully next week is a better week to be a Chiefs fan. And in the meantime, for the rest of this week, I'm going to find reasons for at least some kind of hope moving forward. As always, I really appreciate you guys listening. This has been the Chief in the North podcast, the land of 10,000 takes. I will speak to you guys next week. <laughs>